Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Community is Our Middle Name podcast. My name is Gareth Olver. Thank you for joining me again. This is the first podcast for 2022. Had a little bit of time off over the uh, Christmas New Year period, and I hope that you guys all had a great Christmas and New Year's, and most importantly, stayed safe and celebrated safely with family and friends. One thing that we've discovered at Grampians Community Health is despite the fact that we have been, as you'll hear in this podcast, in our community for well over 30 years, since 1986, in fact, there's still a lot of people who don't know exactly what we do and what sort of services are offered at Grampians Community Health. So this week in the first part of a GCH FAQ series, part one of two, I spoke with CEO Greg Little to find out a little bit about Grampians Community Health and to try and bust some of those misconceptions and, and try and, and get people to understand what community health actually is and how it differs from health services, such as your, your hospitals and things like that, and what community health actually does. So if you're not sure, or if you've just always wondered what the difference was, or why perhaps Grampians Community Health doesn't offer certain programs that uh, hospitals do, hopefully this episode will be able to give you some answers to that. Well, as I usually say when I do these podcasts, I learned quite a bit. Um, it was a really interesting chat, and uh, it was also interesting for me to find out where the big boss of GCH started out his work life in the community services field. So uh, really interesting stuff, a lot of stuff that I didn't know, even though I've, I've worked here for a couple of years now. So let's find out a bit more about Grampians Community Health. This is the Community is Our Middle Name podcast, proudly brought to you by Grampians Community Health, for you, your family, and our community. I'm here with Greg Little, who is the CEO of Grampians Community Health. Greg, I know you're a busy man, so thank you for giving up the time to come on and have a chat on our podcast. No worries, Gareth. Anything for a good cause, and you've probably got me at the right time. January is a little bit quieter in my calendar than at other times, so I can have a bit of a crack today. Greg, it's uh, it's been an interesting couple of years for Grampians Community Health, hasn't it? It's been incredible. You don't think... It was really fortuitous. We'd done a business continuity plan back at the start of 2020, end of 2019, and we didn't actually have it to enact in any way because you've got to have a business continuity. I think one day a disaster might happen, and we had the board approve it in February 2020, and in March 2020, I called all the managers and board mem- uh, board chair in, and I said, guess what we're doing today? We're going to enact this business continuity plan. And it's been in place ever since. We, you know, it's, COVID has just disrupted everyone's lives, not just from our community perspective, but um, socially, but work-wise as well. Um, we've had to adapt in how we do things, and it's been pretty full-on for the last two years. Yeah, absolutely it has been. And, and it has uh, – we've, we've tried – as an organisation, and I'm speaking on behalf of the organisation a little bit here, we have tried to keep disruptions to a minimum for clients in particular. Uh, unfortunately, though, there has been disruptions, hasn't there? But with the way that we, we provide some services, especially with that face-to-face stuff that we simply couldn't do. Uh, look, there's nothing better than being with someone and talking face-to-face. But what's worse is if you can't actually 
provide support at all. So, yeah, we've adapted to things like telehealth and working from home, you know, seeing people with masks on and, and you know, in safe environments. But it, we are a, a health service and, you know, people have health needs and we can't not provide the services. So people adapt and people come to expect that if they can get a quality service, even if it's not the service that they've traditionally used to or want, um, you do it. We try still to have as many face-to-face contacts as we can. You just can't get to know somebody and get to read the, the room with people and get establish that relationship that gets people to want to talk and, and be honest and frank with you when, yeah, that's purely over the phone. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. And uh, in my previous role at GCH, that was, I was working mainly with older people and that was something that they really appreciated was the face-to-face stuff. And I think that was something that they missed when you'd have to go into the various states of lockdown. We're here this week, though, to talk about Grampians Community Health as as a whole. Uh, Grampians Community Health has been around for over 30 years, Greg, is that right? Uh, well over. It, it came about in around about 1984. That, um, and you know, I think we'll talk a little bit soon about the difference between um, hospitals and health services and, and community health. But, you know, it was actually the... Um, Stall Hospital in 1984 said, hey, we need to have a look at how we can do health promotion and and connect with our community better. And so they held a public meeting in, I think it was December 1984, which Jill Miller, who then became the CEO of Grampians Community Health up until I came on board in 2017, um, she was appointed the, the chair of that working group and then ended up working from there. So, yeah, 1984 was when it was originally thought of and it was sort of around 1986 that we became an incorporated body. So, Greg, before you came to GCH, we'll just scale back a little bit before we really dive into some of what GCH does. What were you doing prior to coming to GCH? What's your background? Had you worked in the community services field before you took on the role as CEO of GCH? Oh, the world according to Greg. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so came to... Of all things, you have family, when I was 17, decided we are going to buy a pub. So we, we moved to Sananad, um, you know, which is part of the Northern Grampian Shire. Now, back then, it was the Sananad municipality and Karakara Shire. And anyway, so we bought a pub and it went okay for a couple of years, but um, I hung around and, and married a stall girl and decided that I'll, you know, my passion lie within um, community services and disability services. So, Went back to TAFE and got some qualifications, started working for the Department of um, Human Services in disability accommodation, progressed my way through that into um, case management and leadership roles within the Department of Human Services, predominantly with people who were involved with the criminal justice system. And so it was back in about 2005... I was offered the position with the Department of Human Services as the disability subject matter expert for a new software program they were rolling out across the state. So I was the state representative on that software development. So that had me working out of head, head office in Melbourne. I'd been living in Bendigo working for the Department of Health. My wife, as I said, was a store girl. She said, well, if you're working in Melbourne for the year, I'm going to take our young babies. And we had you know, a one and a three-year-old baby. And she said, go and spend some time with mum and dad because they can help me look after the kids while you're working in Melbourne. And 
and then so I'd travel to stall every weekend. But after 12 months of that, my wife said to me, if you could get a job in stall, would you consider moving to back to the, the region? And I said, yeah, I'd much rather live in the bush than I would in the city. I'd just about jack of getting on trains and, and into high-rise buildings every day. It's not my style. So I managed to um, get a job, uh, aged care program with the Northern Grampianshire Council at the start of 2006 and quickly moved into the manager of community services role with the Northern Grampianshire Council and responsible for the emergency management of any uh, natural disasters was part of my portfolio as well as uh, I think I had, I said at one stage I had everything from maternal child health through to cemeteries, so real cradle-to-grave stuff was responsible. <laughs> uh, but that's what you do in local government. You you, you, know, you fill holes and you you look at what you do. Um, and we had the um, floods in 2010 and 11, so I was moved aside from the manager's role and spent the next four years managing the recovery in the Northern Grampians for the um, the floods that happened there. It was a massive $42 million um, repair bill that we had to deliver right across everywhere from you know, community repairing infrastructure, um, you know, natural environment. Oh, you know, a lot of the things that you see in um, now was was basically a new for old in a lot of ways that we had to to repair. Um, but it really got me connected with a lot of the, the local communities as well because I was going out and meeting with community groups basically on a daily basis. And hearing what their needs were for, for the recovery and whether, you know, it was connecting farmers, wives, though they became a real backbone of what we were doing. A lot of farmers would say, I'm all right and, you know, damn well that they were really struggling. But so I'd actually connect with um, a network of farmers, wives, because they would tell us the truth and then also badger the blokes to go and do something about it with agencies like Cramping's Community Health. So that was real good. Then went on to some major projects with council around um, the Stall Underground Physics Laboratory that's that's happening now and we did a bit of work on um, the Nectar Farms development that didn't quite get off the ground in the end, but a lot of that sort of work. And while I was doing that, I was offered the job of CEO of Northern District Community Health in Kerrang. Um, that way, so I did that for 16 months before um, Jill had decided, after you know, being in the spot since 1984, that she was going to to retire. Jill Miller and um, the board. I applied for the job back in uh, in store at the Grampians Community Health. That's where my wife and kids are still were still there. And I was fortunate enough to probably get the job of me dreams. Yeah, that was where I, if you said to me back in 2010 and when I'd been in the place for five years, where do you want to end up? I would have loved to have said, you know, Grampians Community Health. So really fortunate my career path's taken me to where I want to get to. It's an incredible story. Uh, especially starting from where you started doing your, your diploma in disability and then working your way up, up to lateral as you, that's a really good story of perseverance, Greg. We, we're talking about Grampians Community Health. We're, we're talking a bit about what we actually do because one of the things that when our Grampians Community Health did our strategic plan in the past sort of 12 months or so was we found that and not just in the community, but also as I was saying off air, Sometimes some staff don't know exactly everything that we do as an organisation. So basically, 
what do we do as an organisation and what's the difference between community health and, uh, you know, your, your other mainstream health services? It's a really hard one to pin that down. And as community health services, we actually grapple that ourselves because none of us actually do exactly the same thing. So there's 81 community health services. 55 of those are based within hospitals. And, and I'll say hospitals as opposed to community health because I, even though yeah, we talk about hospitals in the main, they call themselves health services now. And it does get a little confusing for people. So if I say hospitals, it's not to denigrate hospitals as a name, but that's it, just to set up that acute sec- setting versus the community health setting. So there's 80, 81 community health services, 55 of those are based within hospital settings, so integrated within hospitals. And then there's another 26, which are standalone community health services. And none of the 26 standalone community health services actually do the same thing. And the reason for that is because we're all born out of what the local community's needs were. So Grampians Community Health, for instance, yeah, it was around health promotion and and connecting older people into the community and then young people into the community and and then it started the drug and alcohol the local drug and alcohol association merged with Grampians Community Health so we had a drug and alcohol focus whereas other community health services would have may have started with district nursing and some um, post acute care type roles out of the hospitals where it became a like an allied health model. So there's no two community health services actually offer the same services. The one thing we all have in common though is that we're all all registered under the Health Services Act and that differentiates us us from community organisations, I suppose. If that doesn't make sense, I suppose what it means is the 80, 81 community health organisations, we're all accountable to the minister. We're all got to have the quality framework and we all report to the department. And we all receive our funding off the, most of our funding off the department. But as the 26 standalone community health, we have our own boards, we have our own local people that actually tell us how our services should develop and whether we're providing the services right for our local community. So that's a really complex thing to try and understand. When you then say, okay, so what's community health and why is it different? Where, so I'll use, say, the, this Grampians Health now is the, the, the merger of, um, Ballarat, Stall, uh, Wimmera and Eden Hope Hospitals. And so I'll use them as our example of comparison. Grampians Community Health deliberately didn't want to go down the line of being an allied health agency or providing that post-acute care type role. We said, no, look, we'd rather work in partnership with the hospitals, looking with the Grampians Health, rather than try and compete or take funding away from. We've got our own strength areas. If we want to invest in something, we'll invest in the things that there's gaps in, not try and take or mirror things that there are already services for. But for our community, that makes it even greyer now that we've got a Grampians Health and a Grampians Community Health. But that's, that's not new because Ballarat Community Health have had that same issue for the last 20 or 30 years of their life where it's been Ballarat Community Health and Ballarat Health. 
It's something people get used to. And I was I was going to say I've, I've been in Grampians Community Health for two and a half years, and as you know, I work mainly in Ararat when I'm in the office, and we have East Grampians Health Service there, and I still get asked, you know, how's my job going at the hospital? And you know what I'd say to that? I would say, hey, look, I don't work for the hospital, but I work as part of the public health system, which, you know, this Victoria's got one of the best. You know, we have a hospital system that when people get crook, they can go into hospital and get the care they need. But when people aren't crook and they want to stay healthy or get the things that will prevent them from being crook, that's that's when um, community health and other parts of the hospital system really come to the fore. So I'd actually take that as a badge of honour to say, no, I work as part of the Victorian Public Health System. Yeah, and, and look, I will give a shout out to East Grampians Health Service. My kids had their first COVID shots last week and went very, very smoothly. So they do a great job, but they just do a different job to what we do. And I think yeah. that's, the, that's the point that we, we're sort of trying to get across today, isn't it? Yeah, and I suppose um, for well, the, the evidence is that people over a lifetime might have eight associations with their local hospital. You know, it might be when you're a kid, you get your tonsils out and then at some other stage you might break your arm and then you get a bit older and you start to get your shoulder operated on or, you know, you're back or you have babies. or So over a lifetime, people will have probably eight times where, where they're in hospital on average. But with community health, what we want to try and do is establish that sort of lifelong Relationships. So with hospitals, it's a real up and, if you were to look at it on a, a graph, it would be an up and down over a person's lifetime with eight peaks. With community health, what we want to try and do is engage with people when they need us early or before they even know they need us early and establish that relationship over a long period of time to build that capacity within them that they don't have to come back and see us again. So it's a different sort of relationship. Uh, one of the other things as well that, that we've, you know, we, we put the call out to, to the public and to, to staff as well to say, what are some of the, the questions that you get or some of the misconceptions around GCH that you hear? Our main office is, of course, uh, in Stall. We have the beautiful big, uh, Stall Health and Community Centre known locally as the Shack. It's a, it's a great building up there, the old tech school for anyone who's from Stall but not sure where it is. It's also in with Stall Regional Health. Now, from what I've been told, there is a bit of confusion as to is GCH part of Stall Regional Health, vice versa. Probably more so now that Stall have merged with uh, the uh, the others to create Grampians Health. What, what's the situation there? We, we work with Stall Regional Health on occasion, but we're not necessarily affiliated with them. You know, in any official way, are we? No, no official um, connection. We we have a lot of really good partnerships, and some of our staff do work across both areas, but Grampians Community Health um, are the lead uh, lead tenant for for the shack, um, so the lease is in our name with the department. Um, the government owned the building and, and we lease it, but we wanted to be able to provide a bit of a one-stop place for people to come to, so it's a bit like I said before, it doesn't matter if we're part of that system, it doesn't matter if you come to see Grampians Community Health or Store Regional Health. It shouldn't matter to you, really. It's a bit like the argument at the moment around Moderna and Pfizer and, and AstraZeneca. The best service you can get is the one you can get. So, yeah. So, um, we're not associated. We work very closely with them. They have space within the shack, which um, they lease off us, the same as does Ballarat Psych Services, Patrick Street Family Practice, um, Clinical Labs. 
we all work together. So the idea of the shack is really about people coming in and trying to get all their preventative health needs addressed in one one setting. And that's that's good for people as well. They only have to go to one place and not have to travel all over the shop to get what they need. Do, oh, look, and, and that's, that's why it's deliberate on the outside of the building. There's no advertising. There's no big sign saying Grampians Community Health or Store Regional Health or, or whatever. It's really, this is the Health and Community Centre. You come to us. If we can't provide your services within this that building, we'll make sure you can get them where you can. Yeah, and look, the other, other thing is, like you said earlier, we're not taking pot shops at hospitals or anything like that. They do a fantastic job and are integral parts of our community. What are the things, though, with Grampians Health coming on on board now, as as the name Grampians Health is, there has been a bit of confusion and there has been people contacting Grampians Community Health or bills getting sent to us or even heard of uh, printer cartridges getting sent to Grampians Community Health. People are unsure about what they their needs may be. What would you suggest they do if someone someone's not sure whether they need to go to us or what needs to go to Grampians Health, as they're called? What would you suggest to to a person to make that distinction? Well, websites are a really good starting point for a start. We've all got our own websites with our services, so I wouldn't have a problem with anyone doing a bit of research on Google, but I'm also aware that a lot of the people that use our services aren't um, connected and to the internet and probably aren't savvy either on, on using the Google. So it doesn't hurt to give us a ring because we have a, a program that we work with other agencies called um, all right doors, and it's that sort of positive spin on the no wrong door that we, our our reception staff and intake, actually do professional development together with other agencies to know what each agency offers. There is no right; it's, it's the all right doors to come through is our door. But think about if you've always gone to a hospital for acute care, you don't come to us. If if something's broken, if something's hurting you. If some, you know, physically, you're always going to go and seek clinical assistance. And that's where they, the hospitals are different or health services are different from community health. One of the things with community health, and it goes back to 1970s, was that sort of rise of the social justice movements. And that's where we differentiate. Hospitals were born out of, you know, doctors that have their their clinics and then there'd be in each town uh, doctors and nurses and a bit of a nursing and then it would eventually be a hospital where they'd care for people in turn in a medical model and they've grown up to be fantastic now with all the services that they provide, all the equipment that they've got, all the specialists and expertise in a hospital. But the community health, we were born out of the Ottawa Charter which was back in 1986 and yeah, that was around um, the World Health Organization doing um, a conference around health promotion and was signed up by all the international agencies saying, hey, the social determinants of health are what really impacts on someone's long life health needs. So, you know, if you can address um, peace, shelter, education, food, income, stable um, economic system, social justice, um, sustainable resources, then people are going to be healthier. And that's where we were born from. Yeah, it's, it's a real holistic sort of look at, at health, isn't it? It's not just that, like you said, the the acute stuff where you've only got a broken bone or 
you know, you, you might need to go and see a, um, a physio or something. This is looking at your mental health. It's looking at, at your lifestyle in some cases with alcohol and drug services and things like that. So I think that's a, that's a good distinction to make. Greg, we might take a very short break and we'll come back uh, after this very, very short break with some more about Grampians Community Health. So stick around. Community Examiner Name Podcast is proudly brought to you by Grampians Community Health. Grampians Community Health offers a wide range of services across many parts of Western Victoria, including the Northern Grampians Shire Council, the Ararat Rural City, Horsham Rural City, Pyrenees Shire, West Wimmera Shire, Hindmarsh Shire, Yarriambiak Shire, Central Goldfield Shire, Southern Grampians Shire, and Bull Oak Shire Council regions. Services available include alcohol and other drug support, carer support, community aged care and disability support, including NDIS, support coordination and plan management, counselling across a wide range of sectors, including generalist counselling, homelessness support, gamblers help, community mental health support, and much, much more. For more information, go to our website, gch.org.au, or call us Monday to Friday on 53587400 between the hours of 9 to 5, or visit us in one of our three main offices in Ararat, Stall, or Horsham. The Community's Eminal Name Podcast, proudly brought to you by Grampians Community Health. For you, your family, and most importantly, our community. Welcome back. I'm here with Greg Little, CEO of Grampians Community Health. Greg, amazing that you made it to CEO position being a Collingwood supporter. Dispelled quite a few myths about Collingwood supporters' intelligence there, I think. Oh, fair, fair crack. Um, yeah, one of the things with um, the job application for CEO is you don't have to count teeth, so you know, I'm, I'm pretty right that way. But, oh, no, don't, don't worry about the pies. We'll be right. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they'll be they'll be uh, they'll be fine moving forward. We're talking about Grampians Community Health as a whole and about some of the the common myths and misconceptions or the FAQs, the frequently asked questions that that we as a as a staff group or as a community that we might hear as well. Um, one of the ones that came up, Greg, was people asking how much it costs to use our services and is it covered by Medicare? So the majority of our services. Are free. So believe it or not, it's one of the few free things we can still get in the world. Um, so there are some services that do have a fee, but for 95% of the times that people will come into Grampians Community Health, um, they'll you know, get an assessment and an intake. And once they're through that gateway, we'll match them into programs and very rarely does it actually cost. In saying that, there are some programs that do cost money. Um, we have what we call our drink and drug drive behaviour change program. Um, that's for people that have lost their licence and are looking to get their licence back. So they'll, um, that's a fee for service as part of the um, VicRoads requirements for people going through courts to get their driver's licence back. Um, this, our um, psychological therapy services, they come to us free, but people go to see their GP to get a script for their services. So 
um, that's one of the ones. And we do have a well woman's clinic um, with our cervical screening, which there's a, a small code payment for, um, not for everyone, but only for people on high incomes. We're very much about people that are socially disadvantaged. So while it's our services are open to every person in the community, one thing we want is health access and equity. So therefore, our, our costs are kept to zero, basically. And I don't think we have very many Medicare claims because we don't have the services that are um, that require people to use them. So, yep, we want to see your Medicare card, but no, not many people actually get stung with an out-of-pocket expense from visiting us. Yeah, and, and other services we provide, such as our um, aged care case management, the fees are actually built in uh, or, or come out of the package. So it's not coming out of the person's pocket, is it? That's right. And the same as our um, NDIS, our National Disability Insurance Scheme services, we provide quite a lot of services now. It's one of our bigger program areas. And um, and that doesn't come any additional cost to the participant in that. Let's talk a bit more about services. You mentioned a few there. Uh, we have a wide range of services. Can you give us a bit of an overview about exactly what type of services we do provide and how far and wide do we go? Because we have offices in uh, Stall, Horsham and Arrowhead, of course, the three main offices, but but we, we, we travel a long way to, to service clients, don't we? We do. So... And we talked a little bit before about COVID and telehealth, and, and that's actually extended our reach as well. Um, so as you said, Stall, Horsham and Ararat are um, big three sites. And I'll say they're big three sites. They're not, I wouldn't call them our main offices anymore because we do have Warwick Nabil and St Arnidas offices that our staff attend. Uh, the Drink Drug Drive program that I mentioned has um, connections with uh, Meribara and Hamilton. And we do also have office sites that we visit in Neil and Edenhope. So right across from basically Meribara through to the South Australian border, you can find GCH staff working at different times. And, and I've got a, a real belief, you know, as Mayor CEO, that I don't want us to be providing outreach into small communities. I think we're in a unique part of the world in Western Victoria where our communities are very distant from each other. There's a lot of difference between, say, a, a community at Rainbow and a community at Dunkeld. And we can't say that we're just going to provide outreach. I want Grampians Community to Health to be um, embedded locally. So when people providing services there, it's either got to be within someone's home or we're going to find a venue that we can actually... Yeah, make ourselves known and people know when we're going to be there and it's not just a, a dropping, oh look, we're the, the mobile bus that's turning up. We're going to actually have a place in that community and get to know the people that live there. That's a bit of a philosophy I have about how we should work. You mentioned about where our clients come from with um, our um, NDIS services and some of those can be done without actually face-to-face. There's a lot of the case management and plan management services. We've had clients from Tasmania that are using Grampians Community Health Services, um, South Australia, up into the southern New South Wales. It doesn't mean that we're actually providing face-to-face services to them, but they access us because they see the value that we can provide them. Um, and with Drink Drug Drive, a lot of that's been on Zoom and 
um, non-face-to-face with with COVID and people come from all over the state to use that program to be able to um, access their licence back. But even before um, COVID, people were coming to Grampians Community Health from long distances. Um, the biggest problem, of course, in Western Victoria is a lack of transportation. It's it's not really easy for people to get on a, a bus in Rainbow and come into Horsham or Stall and expect to get back that same day at a reasonable time. So there's some of the inequities that we try and address by going out to people or by using facilities like telehealth and, and such. Yeah, and I'm speaking to other staff while doing this podcast, the local neighbourhood houses as well tend to work really well with, with us and our staff, um, which is a, a good way to, as you said, sort of embed ourselves in the in the community. And when I spoke about programs as well, Grandpits Community Health does offer basically everything from from cradle to the grave, from healthy mothers, healthy babies, you know, right through to the uh, to the home care support and home care packages. Yeah, we do. And oh, sorry, I didn't actually go through the whole myriad of services because um, it's an awful lot of them, to be honest. But uh, you know, if we start to look at some of our people and community services, so yeah, we the counselling we have a. Community health counselling, but then there's also drug and alcohol and mental health counselling that we can provide. We have our drug and alcohol services making a change program, which I think you may have already done a podcast on. If not, you should. Yep. Um, yeah, go uh, back and listen to that one with Daniel and Chloe. That was yeah, episode yeah, four, I think. And your very first one was with Emma about our home withdrawal program. Correct. Yep. So I, I do listen. Um, but, yeah, we do have a whole range of drug and alcohol programs where we're going out to people or working with groups or counselling people in case management directly. Family violence is, uh, unfortunately, probably one of our bigger program areas, and I say unfortunately because I would love the day when there's gender equity and family violence is something we go, did that happen in the past, um, with disbelief. But, you know... We do men's behaviour change programs, emergency after hours response, case management of both male and female victim survivors. We are going to be a strong part in the Orange Door in Horsham or the Wimmera when it opens in um, June this year and that's something I'm really looking forward to is Grampians Community Health's involvement in that where ourselves, Uniting Wimmera and um, Goolam Goolam Aboriginal Cooperative will work in partnership with um, Family Safety Victoria in the Orange Door and that's going to be a bit of a game changer for us in our region. Our aged care programs, Gareth, you mentioned you know, we do case management um, of people with packages through my aged care. Um, link, we were actually one of the trial sites for linkages back when linkages was first starting and Grampians Community Health have kept that up ever since. We do our care at home program or what we now call our assist so our community assist programs for people needing domestic support, personal support, respite, meals on wheels, and we do that up into the in the Horsham area. Got our health promotion. So at the moment we're really involved with the COVID-19 response. Um, so high risk accommodation for you know, people that aren't easily able to access all the information around why COVID is such a risk to them, but also what they can do to prevent COVID and be vaccinated. 
we've got staff that are actually working within the community, working with people in their homes, in places like caravan parks and supported residential services and public housing, to actually give them that understanding and the tools they need to be vaccinated, protected and avoid um, coming into contact or spreading COVID. Um, and our vaccine ambassador, you've spoken a couple of times with Ada, um, sh- you know, getting the message out to people about the importance of vaccination goes back to that um, Ottawa Charter we talked about earlier where, you know, it's about people having the the health equity and the knowledge and the skills to be able to do the things themselves and understand why it's important for them to do these things. We're very strong in our mental health services. We have mental health counselling, mental health case management. One of the things that's really important is that we want to be accessible and welcoming to young people and that's why we've really worked hard to partner with Still Performing Arts on creating the Grampians Youth Events Program. And you might say, oh, well, you know, what's that got to do with Grampians Community Health? But if we can, and we're funded through Freezer funding to do it, but if young people can get used to coming into our buildings and working with our staff on things that they enjoy and things that they're making decisions about, you know, what... Um, what events they're going to run, whether they're going to run an Arcadicon again this year or a, or a fun run or whatever. If young people are doing that with our staff, they're getting comfortable about coming into community health and the big shack building or the Horsham building or whatever. That, that takes away the stigma and demystifies what they're coming in for. So that's why we've invested in that. It, it creates that lifelong connection with young people so that when they do need us, they're happy to come through. Yeah, and look, if you did miss a few services, Greg, uh, there's a reason for it because there is just so many services under the umbrella. If anyone really wants to dive deep into what services are available, I'd recommend checking out our website, gch.org.au, which is a brand new website, Greg, only launched December, our new website. Yeah, it's um, far more accessible. Our last website served us well for 20 years, but like everything with mobile platforms and people using um, iPads and mobile phones. Now, it wasn't really keeping up with it, but our new website's full of information, um, how to contact us, but importantly, too, how to get a job with us because we're looking for staff. We're a growing organisation. In the last two years, probably going 25% in our staff, and we're still looking for more staff. So I encourage people that are looking for work that have got the, the skills but also the attributes of, you know, what makes someone want to work for community health and why. Have a look and because that, that, there's plenty of skilled people, but you've got to have the passion for it as well. Couldn't agree more. And I was going to mention actually just how much GCH has grown in my time here in, in the two and a half years I've been with Grampians Community Health, especially uh, up into the Wimmera. Uh, always had a strong presence around Stall and, and Ararat, but the growth up in the Wimmera has been something that I think has been good for not just the, the organisation, but for our communities further up in the Wimmera Mallee. Where do you see GCH going the next sort of five years, Greg? What's what's your vision for the future of Grampians Community Health as we move forward in these uncertain times as it is? Well, I didn't have a vision three years ago that we'd be doing what we're doing today because of <laughs> of everything. So it's hard. To, you know, a, a vision's good, but it's always with narrow glasses. The GCH board and myself have just actually worked on our strategic plan and um, the last strategic plan was the one that said, hey, you know, over this next three or four years, we're going to 
look at what our quality services are and make sure that our services really fit the bill for what our community needs. But also then we're going to look at how we can start to to grow our services. And that that really was um, built on, you know, we had the Horsham office open in 2018 from being the small um, David Street office, which was originally Palm Lodge, to being a purpose-built community health centre in Hamilton Street. So that, that sort of concluded where we got wanted to get to then. Our next part, as I said to you before, is really getting ourselves embedded into the hard-to-reach people. So the next strategic plan talks about people understanding what community health does and, you know, talks like we've just done now are really important because it helps not only the punters that are listening to the podcast but our staff understand what community health does. And we want to get people to understand the value of what community health can do for them so that they're not just relying at the end until they wait and and get crook and have to end up in a a hospital health service, but are taking the steps to get there themselves. So the second part to that is embedding ourselves in hard to reach. So I think Grampians Community Health prided itself that we don't turn people away. When other agencies may say, this is too complex for us or no, we don't do that sort of work or there's too many issues going around this person that we can't provide one service. Grampians Community Health has really prided itself on saying, we'll work through these complexities with it and we might have to chip away a bit like you know, eating an elephant one bite at a time. But um, that's something we're really proud of and that, that's something I really want our focus to be. And if we can do that in the small, hard-to-reach communities, you know, the the ones that have had a lot of inward migration since COVID, our population is changing so much into the uh, south, southern Mallee and Wimmera and even, you know, sort of heading up towards Bullock and, and those areas in partnership with Sunraysia Community Health and Northern District Community Health and, and the hospitals. If we can all get into those hard-to-reach communities and provide those services locally, then we're going to be have far stronger communities. I, and I think that um, when you think of Grampians Community Health, I think I think we, we really have community at the heart of, of what we do, and that sort of is a real strong point. It's a real selling point for, for Grampians Community Health. Greg, before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to get across about, uh, about Grampians Community Health, anything you think we might have missed, anything you think people need to know about GCH? You know, some of your questions earlier about Grampians Health and about why we have people working within... Yeah, this check and where we want to go. One of the things that Grampians Community Health does really well and is partner. And we don't think you've talked about our growth. We're not into empire building. We're, you know, I'm, I don't want to be the CEO of the biggest community health service in Victoria. That's not my ambition, but I'd like to be the CEO of the community health service that works best with other agencies that engages with our community the best. And that meets the community's needs. That, that's my aspirations. And I think Grampians Community Health is probably on that path. We've got a community advisory group that we established last year, which is made up of people from across, um, the Wimmera with, that are service users, young people, just community members, because we want to know why people aren't using our services as well. So, you know, people that don't use our services, um, other organizations, so yeah, stakeholders and, and they provide us with, um, that, grounding, I suppose, to test that we're going in the, the right direction and to tell us where we're going wrong. So I'd really encourage people to 
you know, be keen to be part of the community advisory group to let us know about that as well because community health was born on the back of what community expectations and needs were. I'd love to see it keep progressing in that way and find its unique place in Victoria based on what each unique place in Victoria wants. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I think community is at the heart of, of everything that, that we do and that's exactly what the, the community health sector should be about and what the areas that we cover should be about. It should be about community and I think it's something that our staff in particular are quite focused on. So and to credit to each and every one of, of them as well. Grampians well, Community Health for you, your family and our community. Greg, it's been uh, it's been great uh, catching up. First time this year that I've been able to have a chat to. Um, thanks for giving up some time to come on uh, the Communities and Middle Name podcast, and we'll talk again very soon. Look, it's been an absolute pleasure, Gareth. And if this um, helps people understand a little bit more about what community health is, then it's been well worth every minute of my time. And yeah, hopefully later on in the year we can have a chat about some other things if you like as well. Once again, I'd like to thank Greg for joining us. That's Greg Little, CEO of Grampians Community Health. Coming on to the podcast, the very first podcast for 2022 of Communities, their middle name. Uh, enlightening, actually, a really interesting discussion about what community health actually is and how it differs from services such as hospitals or allied health like physiotherapists, occupational therapists, uh, speech therapists, etc. And really interesting to hear about how it was community-driven, not just with us, but uh, with the many community health services across the state. And they all do a fantastic job. Next week, I'm going to be speaking with Linda Bruchette about how people can actually tap into our services, how if you have a something you'd like to, to seek help with, be it you know, family violence or drug and alcohol, um, anything like that, how you actually go about getting involved, getting getting your name there into GCH and how you actually get linked in with some of the uh, the fantastic staff who we have providing some of those services. So that should be interesting as well. So hope you guys will check that one out too. Of course, the Community as a Middle Name podcast is brought to you by Grampians Community Health, who offer a wide range of services across Western Victoria. Go to our website, gch.org.au, to find out more about the services that we offer and also about the areas that we cover, which is um, huge, a big area of Western Victoria, the northwest from uh, from the southern Grampians right up to the uh, into the Mallee there and across to the South Australian border. You can call us as well Monday to Friday, uh, 9 to 5 on 5358 or come in and visit us in one of our offices. Our main offices are, of course, as you heard in the podcast, in Stall, Horsham, and Ararat. We do have offices elsewhere, though, such as Warrington, Bill, and St. Arnold. Um, but those three are the, are the main three. You can follow us on social media on Facebook, facebook.com slash Grampians Community Health. Or you can also uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and our handles there are at Grampians. Intro and outro music was performed by the one and only Andrew Parsons, and we'd like to thank him for uh, recording that for us. It was an original composition for this podcast, and we use that with his permission. So thank you, of course, Parso, as always, for your uh, beautiful music that we have. 
This podcast was recorded and produced on the traditional lands of the Jabwarong people, and we'd like to pay our respects to all elders past, present, and emerging. That's it. That's the podcast, the first one for the year. I hope you guys enjoyed it. My name is Gareth Oliver. I'll be back again next week with another episode of the Community is a Middle Name podcast. Until then, so long and stay safe.